0: We're going to continue on in our series, The Joy of Serving. Last week, we we talked about the unselfie, serving God, serving others in a selfie world. You know, letting go of our selfishness, our self-centeredness, and turning our life and our will over to God in serving Him. We listened to... um, if you were here you remember Dave and, and uh, Barb Potter shared a little bit about their story about coming to serve in our worship ministry um a few years ago and uh they uh Barb plays piano and keys and uh and David plays the drums and and uh, Dave shared really uh in a vulnerable way about how he struggled with that and how he felt unworthy how he felt like he wasn't really in a place spiritually where he could contribute, but how things came together and how it's been a real growing experience for them and a blessing for them to be able to serve. And I think that's a real encouragement to many people. Um, and uh, if you didn't, if you missed that, uh, you can catch that uh, talk and you can catch their testimony as well on our podcast at our website at parkwaychurch.ca. And even if you don't want to listen to the whole message, it's right at the beginning of the message, so you can just shut it off after they're done. If you don't want to listen to me, that's okay. But uh, if you want to keep on listening, that would be great. Today we're going to talk uh, about activating your gifts to help others. The joy of serving is partly about activating your own gifts and your own talents and your own opportunities to be able to serve the Lord. And we don't have to have big talents or big gifts to be able to do that. We don't have to be musically talented. We don't have to be a public speaker. There are lots of things we can do. In fact, Jesus said that even if you give someone who is in need a cup of cold water, you're serving him. He said in Matthew chapter 25 verse 40, he says, I tell you the truth, when you did it, giving a cup of water to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Now anyone can give a cup of cold water, right? Anybody can, can, can just offer somebody you see in need, someone who is thirsty, uh, a gift. And so what you do for God doesn't have to be big, even a cup of water or a cup of coffee could be giving something in Jesus' name and be a blessing. I'm going to invite right now Marcel and Teresa Gervais to come up. They are our cafe coordinators, and they are responsible. Yeah. They are responsible for, uh, for having our, our supplies and all that and all our volunteers there to serve us coffee and cookies every Sunday morning and we truly appreciate you and, uh, the coffee and cookies. Thank you very much for your serving. You can grab that mic there. I don't know, Teresa, if you'll be able to share it with Marcel, but you'll let him <laughs> talk a little bit, eh? Alright? Okay. So tell us, you give out cups of coffee and you help others give out cups of coffee. Right now, it's the Vandermeulens out there giving out coffee today. Um, why do you do it? Besides, because I asked you to. <laughs> I think you got that wrong. I think I asked you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been a long time now. It's been since 2012 you've been doing this, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I think for me, um, at a very young age... Uh, probably maybe eight or ten even um, i was raised catholic and i was very got very involved in serving and all through high school and since then i've been serving so i think really it was a call from god to serve okay. others oh
0: wow, good that's great are you good Mar- marcel tell me what unique gifts do you and Teresa have that have made this position this particular position a great fit for you guys Hold that mic up a little higher. That's yeah, good. got to think first. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I do
2: a lot of thinking before I answer questions. So Good. Uh, um, the uniqueness is it I don't know hear it. <laughs> I've got a guide here that helps me all the time. Okay. <laughs> so
0: Your uniqueness is that she tells you what to do and you do it, right? Exactly. <laughs> Well, I know that you guys have a really great gift of hospitality, right? Yeah. Like you open your home to all kinds of different people and help out. You always have guests in your home, isn't that right? Yes, yes. Yeah?
2: Actually, we just <laughs> had a bunch of guests at our home again, so we, we like to keep our house at our, our mother, my mother-in-law used to call it the, a revolving door to so just kept the door open all the time, so right. it's, it's there for anybody and whoever wants to
0: show up, so I would say, you know, in, in a, that you guys have a real gift of hospitality, both of you. I know that, Teresa, you like preparing food, and you like all that kind of thing, and you like having people in, but but Marcel, you're a great host, too, and you're a good cook, too. I've had some of your food, so you're a good cook. Um, but this is not just evident in your work at the cafe, but it's also in the small group that you have, uh, that you host in your home, I should say. You host the small group, one of our regular small groups are hosted in your home. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what What's involved with that, Marcel? What what happens there?
2: So when we have our, uh, our small group when we're hosting, we, we just uh, we do it over a dessert, which helps to just put God first, sort of. I don't know, when you do things over food, it just seems to bring people closer. Um, so when we, we open up the conversations and that we, we try to keep it very uh, open and if it's a private thing, it's, it stays private and we try not to, to let things become um, overwhelmed with, with the uh, aspects of life. We try to make things very simple and try to make things very clear for people.
0: Now Teresa, you would probably say that your group is extra special, more better than any other group that is in our church, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what makes your group so unique and special?
1: I think one thing that's made it unique is we've become a family. And when one is hurting, we're all hurting. We're there for one another um, in so many different ways. Uh, and that in supporting, praying, we do prayer requests every week. Um, we come back with praise reports, if there's praise reports. And that, and we continue to to keep praying for everybody. Uh, and that one thing that I've done that I think may a little bit um, unique is I've gone out into the, the church and invited different people to join our group. Even though they may not live within our area, um, we've invited them in. And I think that little personal touch um, in letting somebody know that they're wanted... Uh, is really good. And I think we could all do that. It's pretty easy to do. You just say, hey, we're having a group Wednesday night at 7. We have great desserts. Why don't you come join us? Just check it out. And Usually when they check it out, they stay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we have we have three years, three times a year. We have signups for small groups, and that's coming up in just a few weeks. uh Just a heads up there. And um, and most of your group don't sign up, but they show up, right? Absolutely. That's right, because they're committed to your group. That's really unique. They're committed. They're there all the time. But I think you really reach out to help one another in times of need. And I think your group has been a blessing to you too. Is that correct?
1: Oh, our group's been an absolute blessing to us. Um, one. In particular, um, a thing that happened was our son got married two years ago. And mother talked before she thought and said, oh, just do it at our house. We've got a big backyard and we can do everything there. And then I started thinking about the repercussions and what all that entailed. And uh, it was big when you looked at the whole picture and our group prayed for it um, and they knew leading up and we, we prayed for the kids and um, for our grandkids and for everybody that would be there and we couldn't have done it without our group because our group came behind us they helped us set up the tents they helped us decorate the chairs they helped us put up tiki torches like everything was done and the they even painted of,
0: your deck for you
1: well, we had one paint <laughs> our deck. Yep. And uh unfortunately, it's starting to peel off. But, I mean, it, it's a reminder, and it's a reminder every time we see it, of what our friends did for us.
0: You want to say something there, Marissa? No. <laughs> well, he was – what, what
1: we talked about before was um, – about how you had said how god was a complete part of that wedding even though our kids are kind of wishy-washy with uh with the lord um god was absolutely a part of that wedding and uh, michael was there uh to officiate Uh, he's known mark since uh, he was little and um, just there were so many things that happened little things and it was totally because our group was praying for that occasion.
0: That's good. That's good. Now, there might be some people here that are interested in serving, and they are thinking, well, I could, I could give people a cup of coffee. You know, if it, would, you, would you have room for more volunteers at the cafe? There's always room for more. <laughs> <laughs> so what would, they, what would they do if they wanted to volunteer to help serve at the cafe?
1: Well, you can uh, put it on your connection card. You can talk to Liz, or you can see myself. And I'd be more than happy to discuss with you. It's not hard. It's not a hard job. You just need a few extra little hours, a little couple, you know, an hour or so before service, maybe, you know, 45 minutes after service. Um, but it's, it's a great way for people when they come in, especially new people, they can come get a coffee and a cookie and a smile. Some people get hugs from me um than that i'm open to giving you all hugs it's just let me know uh, but it's it's a first contact and i think it's a really important first contact for the church
0: that's good all right give them a hand and say thank you great job thanks myself Uh, we will be looking as well for more hosts and facilitators in our small groups and, uh, you know, it's just, it's some, it can be just as simple as opening up your home like Teresa and Marcel have done and we are having a meeting afterwards with our, uh, hosts and facilitators just to talk about some changes that we're making in the upcoming way, uh, upcoming season, and uh, a lot of that is due to groups like uh, Marcel and Teresa's out in Limoges and what we see God doing there in a wonderful, wonderful way. There's another opportunity before I get into my message that is there that I really want someone to help us out with, and it's not actually helping the church. And you know, I've said this many, many times, if you only have, if you only have a little bit of time and a little bit that you can give, I would rather you give your time and your talents outside the church first rather than inside the church, because we need to be out there showing the love of Jesus to people just by serving them everywhere they go. And uh, we've been talking to the people at the Metcalf Fair for a couple of years now, trying to say, can we help out? And this year they said to us, we need some help, and they, we, they need one or two people, Is so it just one, just one person for a few hours on Thursday evening, is that correct? To help sell tickets. And we've promised them that someone from Parkway is going to do that. You're going to wear one of our Parkway shirts, and you're going to go there on behalf of our church and just let our community know that we're here to serve. So if you're able to do that uh, for the Metcalf Fair just in a couple weeks, on a Thursday evening, go and sell some tickets for a few hours and uh, and just serve our community. This is a big event in our community. We want to be there to help them. You need to see Liz after the service or fill out on your connection card at the back of your connection card and put that in, and we will get you in touch with the right people. We really want someone to do that, and uh, it's just a couple hours of time, and, uh, and you get to enjoy the fair maybe too, so a little bit. That's great. All right, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, activating your gifts, taking something as simple as the ability to make a pot of coffee. And share it with someone as being a way to serve others. It doesn't have to be complicated. And uh, I want to tell you today that ordinary people can have extraordinary impact when they do ordinary things. Ordinary people can have extraordinary impact when they do ordinary things. And when I think about this, when I think of the idea that just an ordinary person could be doing something amazing. And I think about the Bible. I think about Peter. Peter. Peter was one of the apostles, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, he was probably the the one who spoke up the most, He he was pretty boisterous and loud, but he was a really ordinary guy. When Jesus first met Peter, he met him, he was out fishing, he was a fisherman, that's what he did for a living. Now we've done a bit of traveling in the Maritimes in the last few years because we got kids living there and we have a, a son that was uh, married this year in uh, in Labrador. They don't fish there but you know we've had to drive along the the Saint Lawrence River and we see a lot of fishing towns and that kind of thing. And when you get people that are fishermen that they do that for a living, they are the salt of the earth. They are they are people that are pretty uh, pretty down home kind of guys, right? They, they go out early in the morning, they fish, they bring in their catch, they, they sell, they're pretty ordinary people. You, they, they're not necessarily always the highest educated people. You don't need a university degree to do that. And oftentimes it's something you do because well, that's what your father did or because that's where you live. But Jesus, when he met Peter, Peter was just fishing. And God, Jesus said to him, Peter, I have something for you to do. You're a fisherman, and I'd like to take the skills you have as a fisherman for fishing for fish and invite you to come and fish for people. You know, Jesus saw something in Peter that was, was, was very ordinary, but he saw it could have an impact on people in extraordinary ways. And when we, when we follow along the story of Peter in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, when we read the story of Peter and then further on into Peter's own epistles and Paul talks about Peter and the book of Acts talks about Peter, he's kind of all over the, the New Testament. We find out that Peter has many, many ups and downs. He's just an ordinary guy after all. He's not He's not someone special. He's just a fisherman. And he does some amazing things as a fisherman. Uh, or as a, a fisherman with Jesus, working with Jesus. You know, uh, Peter is the one that actually stepped out and walked on water. He was the one that when he saw Jesus coming across, G- and, and, and Jesus invited the disciples to get out of the boat and come to him, Peter was the only one that went over the side of the boat and walked on water. He had faith. He was, he was a man of faith. He was also probably the, the the strongest leader amongst the group. He was kind of the one that brought everybody together. He spoke out first. He had strong leadership skills. He was a good public speaker. He was also the first to realize that Jesus was the Messiah. It was one day when Jesus was asking questions that it was Peter that said, "Lord, we believe you are the Messiah." It was it was. Peter that first understood and respected Jesus as the Messiah. He was the one to speak up first about that. Later on, it was Peter and his, his skill to be able to, to share and to speak when uh, on the day of Pentecost when he spoke 3,000 people in one, uh, one opportunity. once After he spoke once, 3,000 people came and were baptized. Like he had that kind of impact. Just an ordinary fisherman. Now Peter also had some down experiences. He had some down experience. Yes, Peter walked on water but he also started to sink. he had he 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 wasn't he wasn't a superhero he was ordinary and he got out there and he thought oh no i can't do this and he started to sink and and jesus reached out and pulled him up so he wasn't he was let's not let's not think that he was some kind of superhero he still had those moments and he and these leadership skills he had these gifts that he had though they also caused him some problems it was also peter got got his got um in trouble at times with his, with his words. He, he spoke up. He would, like Teresa said, you know, um, uh, uh, she uh, spoke before she thought, you know, about the wedding. And Peter was the kind of, Peter was like that too. He would speak before he would think things through. And he would say things like, uh, you know, um, well, we're going to do this. Jesus, if, 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 if they come after you, if they're going to try and kill you, we're not going to let them do that. We are not going to let them do that. I'm going to stand by you all the time. And in fact, he said, you know, Jesus, we don't want you to die. You're never going to die. And and Jesus knew this was part of the plan. And Jesus saw Peter in that moment as being someone who was, who was being a discouragement to him and what God called him to do. And he even said that, you know, he even looked at, at Peter and he said, you know, the words you're speaking are the words of Satan. They're not the words of God. And so he recognized uh, Peter would sometimes speak before he would think. And he sometimes those leadership skills, that ability to speak out. And many of us who are leaders, we find that sometimes our words get us in trouble uh, for sure. And Peter was also the man that denied that he even knew Jesus on the night that Jesus was, was uh, arrested. It was Peter who stood by the fire and swore that he never knew Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. And uh, Jesus had predicted this, and again, Peter said, no, that's not going to happen. But when you look at Peter's life all the way through, you look at his contribution to the church, you you look at his contribution to, to the kingdom of God, he's an amazing, amazing person who started out just as a fisherman, something very, very small. You see, God calls ordinary people like you and me, and there's a part for every one of us to play. In Romans chapter 12, um, Paul, one of the other great men who worked for Jesus, who served Jesus, who was an unlikely candidate, he spoke about this. And here's what he said in Romans chapter 12. It's going to be on the screen behind me. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. That's where we begin to serve God. That's where we begin with the joy of serving. Is we just take our ordinary life, our sleeping, our eating, our, our going to work, our, the ordinary things of life. We just say, God, that's all I've got to give you. That's all I've got to lay before you. I'm just a fisherman, but I'll fish for you. I'm just a. I'm just a, a coffee maker. I'll make coffee for you. I'm just a, a, a baby lover. I'll go work in the nursery for you. I'm just good with administration. So I'll go and sell tickets for the, for the Metcalf fair. I'm just good at, uh, baseball. So I'll offer to be a baseball coach with little kids. You see, we just take our ordinary things, the things that we do every day and we turn them into something that we offer to the Lord and we give it to him. He says, he goes on to say, really recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. You see, many of us are hesitant to offer our gifts to the Lord because we think, oh, maybe I won't be good enough. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe I, maybe I won't be, um, maybe i won't do it right and maybe maybe people will criticize me you see oftentimes with people uh when we're working with people people are not the kindest and sometimes we have experienced when we've when we've stepped out and we've done, tried to do something we've been discouraged like like pa- P- paul says here the culture around you is always dragging you down but when we do what we do from the, from the perspective of giving it to God, when we're not doing it for other people, when we're doing it just, just for the honor and glory of God, then it doesn't matter what people think about what we're doing. Then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it still hurts when people say things, but we understand that God is at a deeper work in our life and d- deeper work in the kingdom, and we're not doing it for people anyway. We're doing it for God. And we're doing it for the sake of His kingdom, and that brings honor and glory to God. It's a, God brings the best out in us when we offer it to Him. People may not see it, and people may not always pat us on the back for it. But if that's all we're looking for, that's not what God. That's not what. Well, that's not our motivation. Our motivation is to offer it to God. Our everyday living. He goes on to say. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. Remember, you're not, you're not doing something to, to, to impress God. You're not bringing your goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. You see, we're not doing this, and and this is another area of motivation that Paul's talking about that I think often trips us up, is that sometimes we think we need to do things for God in order to impress God. We need to do things, God, because He demands it, or because we will somehow win points with God if we do things for Him. But that's not what—that's it at all. In fact, it's the other way around, Paul says. It's God giving you the opportunity to come alongside him and building his kingdom. It's God saying to you, this is a chance for you. This isn't about you doing something for God. It's about God doing something for you because he's going to build you up. He's going to encourage you through your serving. In this way, Paul says, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as, but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? Now there's some just logical sense here. You see, this is a this is a metaphor that Paul uses here, and he uses it in Corinthians as well when he's talking to the church in Corinth. He says, you know, we are like a body, like a human body. We're we that's why oftentimes we refer to the church as the body of Christ. Because we form like a body, and we are all different parts, and we all play different parts. And if you try to cut off one part off the body, it stops doing its function. You know, so Paul, Paul he, he, I don't know if he's trying to be a bit humorous here, but he, he makes a point. If you just chop off your finger, it won't be any good to you anymore. You can't use your finger for anything if it's not attached to your body. And so what Paul's pointing out is it's not me working individually. I can't, you know, as, as a, a lead pastor of a church, I can't make everything happen. In fact, it's just impossible. I'm not that talented. I'm not that smart. I'm not that, I'm not that in touch with reality all the time. I need people around me, good people around me. We can't do it all on our own. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us working together. It's about the body working together. It's about everybody doing their part. It's about the fingers and the toes and the legs and the knees and all the parts working together. That's how the body works. Independence is not at a prime in the kingdom of God. So Paul says, if you preach, just preach God's message. Just do. If you're if you're a speaker, you know, this is this message is probably for me here and for Pastor Nate and Pastor Michael. Um, if this is what God has called us to do, this is what he's gifted us to do, let's do it. Let's not get mucked up in all the other things that need to be done. There's all kinds of things that could be done, but there, there are other people that are called to do those things. If you help, Now, anybody can help, right? But there are some people that have a special gift of helping. Now, we all help in different ways, but sometimes there are people, there are special kind of people that can see and can understand and they can really help. He says, if you help, just help. Don't take over. (laughs) Because that could be a temptation. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. You see, God has different things for each one of us to do. There are all kinds of things. And, and there's a little list here, but there's a different list in, in, in Corinthians. I think what Paul's saying is whatever our talent is, whatever comes to us easily is the thing that we offer to the Lord first. That's the thing that we offer to the Lord, and we just say lord i I can help i can't organize something i can't i can't i can't get up in front of people and speak i can't sing i can't play the drums, but I can help where can i help where's there a need let's go help i i i really can't I really can't you know um I can, you know, I can't, uh, I, I can't do anything fancy. I, I, in fact, I, I can't, you know, go and teach the kids with Pastor Michael over there. But, but you know, I have this ability to see when people are, are hurting and they're broken. And I can, I can go and I can encourage them and I can pray for them. Because I can see it in their eyes, and I can see it in their face. Because it's just, it's very intuitive to me. You know, these are the kind of things that you may be thinking about, or haven't thought about. The things that seem to come very naturally to you, the things that, that seem to stir in your heart, the things that you just, when you see the need there, you just do it. You just do it. You know, our, our uh, Nancy was up here praying, and, and, and she and Norm, they work here with us, and they take care of this facility and, uh, and uh, I mean, they have, they have lots of gifts, but I'll tell you, Norm is a blessing to us because he fixes everything. And, if, if, you know, and even if he can't, he'll try. And what a blessing that is to us. You know how much money that saves us when someone just says, oh, I, I could fix that. I could do that. And there's so many people that have no idea how to fix anything. I couldn't fix my way out of, you know, anything. I'm not a fixer. Pastor Nate's a good fixer, too. We just give him stuff, and he just takes it apart, and he fixes it. You know, those kind of things are, are, you know, when you have that kind of gift, you take it for granted, and you think, oh, well, can't everybody do that? No. No, not everybody can do what you can do. Not everybody can, can, can greet other people the way you do. Not everybody has that kind of smile. Some of us have a, you know, a resting face that looks like a scowl all the time, you know? And we scare people. But other people, they just have the glow about them. And they can, they can offer to shake a hand or they can offer to say hello. And that's a gift that you have. Not everybody has that gift. Not everybody has the same gift that you have. And that's why it's so important that each one of us step in and do our part in the body. Paul goes on to say, if you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. You know, we have, we have a great group of people um, that come to our church that uh, live in some of the homes around here that are, um, are monitored by Christian Horizons and their staff come in with them all the time. And uh, they are such a blessing to me. They're such a, they're, they're, you know, you just see the patience and the love of God in that kind of work. And when we are called to do that, not everybody can do that. But when we're called to do that, we can do it for the glory of God. And Paul says, keep a smile on your face. Love from the center of who you are and don't fake it. There's a joy in serving. And serving is simply giving God what you have. There's a story in the the New Testament as well about the time when there was a big crowd of people and they were were away from the town and they had no food. There was over 5,000 people there. And uh, the people got hungry and Jesus said, you know, um, well, let's feed them. And the disciples said, well, we don't have anything. And there's no place to go and buy it. And Jesus said, well, what do we have? And a little boy brought his lunch. And Jesus prayed and blessed it. And they, as they passed it out, it just kept going and going and going and going. A very small thing offered to Jesus can go and do amazing things for the kingdom of God. So my question to you this morning is, what if God tapped you on the shoulder today and said, could you help me? Could you help me? If Jesus came and tapped you on the shoulder and said, could you help me? What would be your answer? You see, there's always a way for us to help. There's always things that we can do. and, and, And sometimes we think, you know, Nah, not for me, but Jesus is tapping us on the shoulder saying, "Here's the gift you have. How can you use it? How can you help?" What if God tapped you on the shoulder today and said, "Could you help me?" What would be your answer? I know what Jesus response will be if you'd say yes. I know what Jesus response will be if you if you give him the little bit that you have or the lot that you have. Or the, 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 the very, you know, whatever it is you do in your ordinary life, if you give that to God, I know what He's gonna say to you because He tells us what He's gonna say to those of us who have given our best to Him, given our... In Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, it says, The Master was full of praise. This is talking about when we all come before God at the, at, 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 at the end and we're all judged and we're all, you know, we come before God and He has something to say to us. He's gonna say, Well done! My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You see, Jesus responds to you, and when you give to him, he's going to be, well done. Well done. And all we have to give him is the ordinary things we do in our ordinary lives, and we can see God do extraordinary things. There's some very small things, some very small talents we have, but each one of us needs to do that together. And maybe that's just making a cup of coffee and giving it to others. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this group of people here and the the uh, the, the many people that call Parkway Church their home, Lord, and each one of us, Lord, have been so blessed and gifted by you. And I pray, Lord God, that even as you speak to our hearts today and tap us on the shoulder and you just show us, Lord, our own gifts. You say, to, you say to the fishermen here, hey, would you come and fish with me? Would you come make coffee with me? Would you come take care of babies with me? Would you come serve at the fair with me? Would you come and, and help coach a, a little league team? Would you, would you volunteer at the kids' school? Would you just take your ordinary life your sleeping, your eating, your work that you do every day, and would you just give it back to me and let me multiply it many times over? Lord, I pray that you would speak that to our hearts today and be specific to each one of us, Lord, in the areas that we can serve and that we can show love to others. Thank you, Lord, that you call us into this so that we can be part of the work of your kingdom To bless your people, to bless this world, to restore...